Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Monday, January 8th, 2024. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled why is this happening to me again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon, If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively apply these tools in their lives. And secondarily, because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, we encourage you to do so by giving us a call at 563-999-3581. If you do that and press 1 on your phone, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll see it. I'll be able to turn on the microphone, 
and announce you by your area code, and we can have a conversation. You can also send us an email, tjh at mindshifters-academy.org, or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org, that's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n.org. And if we get a comment or a question or a testimonial from you, we will address it on the Internet show, and then as time allows, send you notification about what day and time that occurred so you can listen back to the archives for your feedback or input. And we greatly appreciate whenever that happens because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be of service, and that's just a whole lot easier to do when we know how these things are landing for you. So please feel free to let us know how we can support you and what is the most beneficial of the things that we've been sharing or doing. And we'll try to build on that. One of the things we've been doing is going back through the way of mastery. And we'll get to that in a minute. Area code 610. Is this Susan? Hi, Dr. Tim. I do have Welcome. a couple of questions. I think. Welcome back to Monday. Um, I've been reading this. I did get the the book by Seth Porges or Stephen Porges. I guess Seth is his yeah, son Stephen or brother Porges. or something. Um, I have a question having to do with something he said on in the early part of the book. He said to freeze to shut down, to dissociate, or even pass out is a natural and often inescapable response to moments of severe duress. So I felt as if he he's telling us that there are certain circumstances that you're not going to have any control over. Once you're out of that, I understand from doing the work that you would say, oh, my God, that happened. Let me learn and do my wake-up sheets to the point where I'm not going to have that happen. Um, so I don't think he's saying that there's no hope, although that certainly that sentence is even in bold face. It's like saying, uh-oh, folks, there are certain points where you're going to be just plain stuck and you're, this is going to happen to you. So, and you have no choice. So I'll stop there and, and have you comment on that if you could. Do, I mean, what do you think he's saying? Because he's not saying, I hope he's not saying we have no choice. No choice in what? In how we respond. Okay, so something. You, the, the reason you have a hope that he's not saying we have no choice is because you have a fear come up that someone's telling you you're going to have no choice? Yeah, good. Yes. True. <laughs> That's all that's going on here. Oh, look, another <laughs> fear. <laughs> oh, a fearful thought, oh, my friend. Okay, thank you. That's good. That's good. Well, I had a situation this weekend that was extremely challenging and for no good reason at all. And I certainly wasn't frozen, fainting, or in severe duress. But 
I was really unable to do anything interiorly till I got home. It, I went on, I took our Michael on some errands. He doesn't have a car and I needed some things, so I went with him. And I am just absolutely constantly triggered. It's And I just was watching the triggers and I was wearing my mask, my, my niceness mask, and I I hate to think if he's very sensitive what he must have felt about this person who was driving the car, me, but I I just wondered what is going on. I haven't gotten to the bottom of it by any means, but I kept reading ahead in this book. Let me see if I can find my second question. It's It's... I'm sure I'm just not accepting the situation as it is, allowing it, breathing with it, going with it, accepting it. I'm still fighting like mad for something, something not to be the way it is. I guess I'm not being very articulate, but I remember something Guy Finley said at one point. I sometimes am able to listen to a playback of, one of the sessions he gives. And what he said was, you can't prepare for what is coming. You can't prepare. You have to be just plain old open to what is coming. And so I guess I'm trying to correct things before they happen. Sorry, I'm getting more and more inarticulate, almost paralyzed with this. (laughs) So if you want to say something about anything while I try to gather my thoughts. Well, well here's the thing. It, it, I just had a session with a person. We're dealing with exactly the same thing. My conscious logical mind wants to figure this out. Yeah. Wants to know uh, before things happen what's going to happen and how I should respond and you know, will I be glad I did it this way when it's over and all that good stuff. That's my conscious logical mind wants to know that. And mm-hmm. it can't. It's just, it's, a, it's like one of the biggest fake truths, right? We call it a truth. It's not a truth. There's no truth to it. But we're taught to believe we should figure things out. And we can't. We're never going to figure it out. That's part of why Michael Rice says the number one pseudo-solution of the non-being mind is I'm going to figure this out. So what's the, uh, what, what option is there to the way my Western mind has conditioned me to believe I'm going to figure things out? I just learn to accept whatever is and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. I start preparing by understanding I'm not going to be prepared. Okay. But I'll be I'll, I'll be okay because that's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. But I'm not going to be the master of this at that intellectual level. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I can go ahead now and because I've come up 
on, on another place in the book, much later in the book, page 134. And I want to read this paragraph because this is what was happening. Only his take on what is happening is a little more toward, I might be able to get away with blaming the other guy. <laughs> if you follow that, I'll read it. <laughs> Everybody's nervous system may be newly retuned to find danger in this world, and it's easy to respond to such signals with anger and fear of our own, but we mirror the autonomic states of those around us. If we, and if we respond with our own anger and fear, then that's the signal that gets bounced around the autonomic echo chamber. He goes on to say, love and kindness are very easy, are, are never easy. Well, I can agree with that in this case, especially during these times. But by putting such feelings into this echo chamber, we're sure to feel them bounce back at us and at the hurt and angry people out there who might need them the most. Okay, so buried in there is my question. We mirror He's saying we mirror the autonomic states of those around us. Well, the person in the car with me is in a state of almost constant anxiety and upset. And when he says we mirror, is he meaning that we're going to pick it up and act the same way? What does he mean by that? Well, I think he's referring to the fact that they've actually identified mirror neurons in our brains. Mm-hmm. And the mirror neurons let us attune to the energies in another person in front of us. The emotional energies, mm-hmm. you might call it you know, the, the invisible the chakra energies, you might call it the chi energy. And so I think that's what he's referring to. He's also, you know, there's another way of saying we're all connected. Like you walk in a room and you can sense that people in here are happy or people in Mm -hmm. here are tense or people in here are sad or scared or angry. Mm -hmm. That's that mirror neuron doing its work, giving us information that isn't directly conscious logical and that isn't... um, it doesn't even lend itself easily to words, hmm. but it's information that's hitting our system, our senses. Okay, and Michael Rice and you would say, all right, if I am strongly resonating with this, I might sit there and notice it and be fine, but if I'm upset by it, if I start to feel the energy of the anger within my system, it's my anger I'm feeling. Yeah. If I start to feel mm-hmm. scared, it's my fear I'm feeling. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling scared. This is what Michael Rice would say. I'm not feeling scared because somebody else is scared in front of me. If I'm feeling scared, it's because I'm feeling my energy of fear. I have fear in my system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. I and and as an absolute sense, I don't think someone like Stephen Porges would disagree with that. If you mm-hmm. had him in a yeah. 
you know, a deep conversation with Dr. Michael Rice. If you tried mm-hmm. to make a, a an instantaneous, a quick meeting, let me ask you a question, what would the answer be? He probably would answer in something that would seem to you like it's directly contradictory to what Michael Rice teaches. But at deeper levels, I don't think so. I think that he's just yeah. acknowledging we have, we are an energy being, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Rice says there is no body. It's all energy. Mm. And so, again, when Michael Rice says in his worksheet, when you choose love, it stirs the love in everyone involved, that's almost exactly what you just read from Stephen Porges in that paragraph at the end of it. Mm-hmm. We yeah. choose this loving energy and put it out there in the field, it's going to bounce back to us and it's going to be available for the people that need it most who might be feeling some lesser vibration or mm-hmm. negative emotion, whatever you want to term it. Boy, oh do you boy. see that connection there? Yeah, I do. I do. And, uh, well, I can go back to page 16. To freeze, shut down, dissociate, and even pass out is a natural and often inescapable. He's even there, he's saying, yeah, it's pretty hard, but he isn't saying it's possible. Although he says quite often early on in the book that it isn't your fault, it isn't your fault. Okay, so I don't have to beat up myself, but I can still notice that I have some work to do. Pulling those two things apart isn't useful here, but it's true. And even he says, love and kindness are never easy, especially during these times. Well, I hope love and kindness are easy in certain circumstances. I think they are. Well, what what he's talking about, remember, he's talking about times of trauma. Mm -hmm. And he's acknowledging, hey, look, please don't be hard on yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. If you have difficulty choosing for love and choosing for peace in the middle of a situation that you're interpreting as traumatic. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. And in in light of that, I did a great job yesterday in the car. It was good. I didn't lose it. I didn't, you know, start getting nasty or sarcastic or veiled criticisms or anything. I was encouraging, I was good, I was nice, but I was so bent out of shape about being on those errands. Just, you know, came home really astounded at the stuff I still don't know about what's going on with with me, not to mention him. Uh, so anyway, uh, that and so the, nowhere the, so then, Okay, but then the question you know that that begs to be asked is, how many worksheets did you do about it? Well, they're on paper. Yeah. I didn't do any on paper. Okay. Well, I did then, them. In, then, I did them in my head as I was in the car. <laughs> okay, but then you know, be even more gentle with yourself because you don't know. What kind of solid insight and more lasting benefit you're going to get if and when you finally bring yourself to start doing worksheets on this stuff? 
So, you know, it's a lot more hopeful than your fearful mind wants you to believe right now because right now you're you're feeling all of these confusions and stuckness and everything and you haven't even done any worksheets. So don't sweat it because when you start doing the worksheets or whatever process of deep inner realization works best for you, you're going to get movement like you never imagined. You're going to look back, like Michael Rice says, there are times when he's done worksheets on things at the end of the worksheet, he looks back at the original situation and he says to himself, wait a minute, how did I ever generate upset about that? Mm-hmm. That will happen for you when you do that inner work at a deeper level, whether it's Michael Rice's worksheets or Diedrich Wolzak's worksheets or Byron Katie's worksheets, etc. Well, the only thing I've done is a... Is a um mind shifter that Michael gave me and it had become kind of a mantra it was I find it delightful that MB Michael Bennett gently shows me the parts of my mind that need healing and which I easily complete I was waltzing around the house thinking I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing this but I wasn't doing it because when I got in the car, I was not, I didn't get anything out of having done that mind shifter. I, I thought but I did, was already did, there. Did you sit down and write about, uh, did you write out of that mind shifter? Or with using no. that mind shifter as a prompt, did you write for an hour or more? No, I didn't. I just went around the house as I did my other stuff and repeated it to myself. Okay, so that Thinking means you that, didn't uh, even do the mind shifter yet. Okay. So so okay. all the more reason to just be more gentle with yourself. Or because, hard on you yourself know, for not doing it. Yeah. Right, but don't worry about it. When you start doing it, when it when it moves you to be the right time to do it, when you have stepped through whatever is generating the fear about doing it right now that keeps you from doing it, you're gonna get benefit like you can't imagine. You know what, it's Dr. Gonna be Jim, fine. I realize I just don't believe that. Okay, so I've really got to do it. Yeah, of, of course you don't believe that. We know you don't believe that. You haven't done it. You haven't proven it to yourself. I had this woman in my office earlier this morning, and um, she actually has been coming to see me for years. So there's something about me that she trusts and values, right? Mm. Right? I mean, why would you keep coming to a therapist who keeps trying to evaluate, is this working? Should you be referred to somebody else? Or why, why would you keep going to a therapist unless there's something about that person that you trust and respect? So we can assume she trusts and respects me, right? But no amount of me telling her this is going to work and this is going to change and you're going to be all right, none of that cuts through the fear she has that her life is never going to improve. She's going to have to apply the tools directly in her life and have the experience for herself not not 30 other people have told me this and she has to have the direct lived experience that things get better when she does this that or the other thing before it makes a difference when you start doing the worksheets and you start seeing the benefit then you'll be at a whole different level everything will be functioning differently pardon me 
then I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah. But no, but then then you'll have a whole different level of knowing within yourself that will will make it a little easier. It's never going to be easy when you're triggered or when you're trying to avoid an upset. It's never going to be easy to go pick up the tools. Mm. But as you do eventually and you demonstrate to yourself their effectiveness, it gets easier to go pick them up. It's not fun. It's like going to see a a mobility uh, specialist or a massage therapist that's uh, a physical therapist and a mobility expert. And when you're laying there on the table or when when they give you exercises to do at home, that's not fun. It doesn't even feel good most of the time. So a lot of people don't do it. And yet the people that bring themselves to do it and then get the benefit, get the increased mobility and the decrease in discomfort at different times, they can motivate themselves to go back more often. But if I can't even get myself to go there to begin with, if I can't give myself the experience of how much better it can be, I may not motivate myself to go. There are all kinds of people that have heard about these worksheets. Some of them, we had somebody call the Internet show last year. She'd been, you know, introduced to the worksheets 10 years earlier, and she had some good benefits, and then she put them down. Mm-hmm. And they just weren't working for her, and then she finally called. Yeah, had she been doing them? No, show. she quit doing them. She just quit doing mm-hmm. them. Why? Well, because it got hard, or they weren't given the results that she wanted, or she was expecting some kind of a result and got a different kind or whatever. Yeah. So it's going to be okay your true nature can't be chipped, dented, rusted, faded, or broken in any way. You're going to be fine. You you may not reach what you want to have happen with your tolerance for Michael or your ability to be loving in more difficult situations. It may not reach what you think is right in this lifetime or within the next few months, but it's going to be fine. And okay, so the good question. news is, and the good news is, you haven't even begun to use the tools that might make a difference, a significant difference. Well, in my defense, I should say I've done many worksheets about Michael. I didn't do them on this yesterday. I have gotten myself around to being neutral, at least, and sometimes feeling some affection, and then I just lose it all over again. When they say in the wake-up sheet, this is, this is a teen and adult worksheet that I've got in front of me. I want Michael, and it says, state in, a posit- in positive words your goal for Michael. Well, I, that's where I get stuck because I think, well, what's that going to do? He's, he's not going to do those goals. I can't have him change. My goal is to feel better about the way he is. All right, but now, to begin with, in that worksheet, isn't this goal before you do the canceling of the goal? Yes. Okay, so this is just about getting honest and mapping out what your mind is doing. 
it's getting aligned with what needs to be resonated. What's already resonating, this is oh, the I key see way. What you're saying. Yeah. This, is, this is the key way, Michael says. When you figure out the goal that's connected to this and then cancel it, because of this law of resonance and because of you know, the universe that we're living in being an energetic universe with resonance and law of attraction and all that stuff, when you get... Here's what I'd like Michael to do. I would like Michael to function the way my parents taught me to function, you know, go out and be self-sufficient, and when you can't, if you have to ask for help from somebody, you go overboard, thanking them and gratitude and paying it back three times over, and that's what I want Michael to do. When you You get honest about... Pardon me? You know the story. (laughs) Go ahead. When you get honest with that goal and mm. set it up as ridiculous as it sounds, as idealistic as it sounds, etc., and then you cancel it, what you've done is you've tuned into the very frequencies, the very energies in your own unconscious mind that have been activated, and that's what gets resonated, and that's what shows you the hidden part of your own mind that's actually causing this upset. But when you say, mm-hmm. well, that's no use, I don't want to go there, I, I keep saying that and nothing happens, you're just short-circuiting the process. You're preventing yourself from stepping into the tool and the use of the tool. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, you're, you're yeah. trying to do what Michael would call premature positive thinking or what some other people recently have gotten very popular talking about spiritual bypass mm-hmm. when you don't when you don't want to say honestly what your goal for the other person is and when you don't want to say honestly what your punishment thought is that's spiritual bypass or premature positive thinking yeah and so you prevent the actual growth that you're hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is just a matter of letting go of all these notions I have about somebody and how somebody should be in the world. A ton of them there. Well, and what what's blocking you from doing the work or doing the worksheets or doing the journaling that Michael calls the mind shifter tool, the targeted journaling, what's blocking you from that, you can't think your way to. You won't be able to see it. You won't get the deep realizations unless you start using a tool like this. Mm-hmm. Because thinking about it at that conscious logical level is just the biggest trap right here. The biggest possible trap. I'm going to think, what, 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 what might this be? What might that be? No value 
no lasting value is going to come to you through that. It's, mm-hmm. It just can't. Why? Because there's a part of your mind that's actively working to block your awareness of whatever that dynamic is, whether it's traumatic or whether it's, you know, a hidden dynamic within your family of origin. Like one of the questions that um, has been very useful in coherence therapy is to ask somebody, they they come in and they've got this problem, right? They're raging at, at somebody or they're, their, their rage is causing such a problem in their life that they're not functioning so well at their job. And they say, um, I want to get rid of my rage. Okay. And um, what is the rage causing? Well, it's causing me to get fired from job after job because I can't quit telling my boss that she's stupid or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So now let's ask this question. One of these questions is so, going to be so useful. And we ask a whole series of questions and what would happen if you woke up one day and never raised again, et cetera, and visualize going through that. And, but then we might ask a question, listen, just take a breath and close your eyes and think about all the people that were important in your life as you were growing up and your family of origin and your extended family. And just ask yourself, let, the, let this question bubble up. For whom in your family of origin was it important that you keep failing? And then just sit with that question and bubble. Okay, my... Uh, my, my Lots of times people say nothing, and every once in a while, if they sit with it, they, the tears start or the light bulb goes off. So what might happen if, you know, what would it mean to you in your life if this stuff that you were taught so intensely in your family of origin isn't really necessary in order to be a good person. What would that mean about you or about those people in your family of origin that spent so much energy trying to teach you these values of being self-sufficient and being so grateful if you ever got a benefit from somebody else? What would it mean if that really wasn't so important? What would that mean to you? Are you asking me? Yeah. I would have absolutely no moorings. I'd be adrift. There you go. That's a good place to start. What does that mean? You'd have no moorings and you'd be adrift. You know, it's it's like the idea that in some cultures, um, making noises at the dinner table, chewing with your mouth open or burping or whatever, is absolutely horrible and gross. And in other cultures, yeah. it, it's it's the way to compliment the chef. I know. Right. I so what that. are what are these things about everything we've been taught about? You know, a civilized person holds their knife and fork this way and doesn't have their elbows on the table and never licks their fingers and and yet in another culture everyone eats with their fingers and licks their fingers everybody has their elbows on the table so what's the meaning 
The meaning is only back... what we give it. Yeah. Go ahead. Can you back up? For whom was it important that I keep failing? Is that how you said that? I didn't. Well, that that I that, that would be. That. But that but that would be for a person who who came to me with anger, and I asked. Mm-hmm. So 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 what does your rage? produce in your life well i keep getting fired from jobs mm-hmm. right so then i might say oh okay so 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 one of the things that you're raged the thing you want me to help you get rid of one of the things it does is it keeps you in in failure so then we ask okay yeah. so who for who in your family of origin was it important for you to fail or you know keep a lid on your successes if somebody comes to me and th- they're struggling with depression, mm. I might say, okay, so for who in your family of origin was it important that you not show joy? You know, bright, exuberant joy. It's just a way to, to help people tap into It's just like the worksheet process, right? It's just yeah. a different way to get at what's going on in your mm-hmm. left, and conscious consciousness something that was going on in your life that you made some choices about conscious or otherwise and now it's active in your life and that's the process that's literally creating the symptoms that you're coming to me to, to ask me to help you get rid of and we're just talking about different ways to access it mm. So if you get really clear about the goals you have for Michael, I wish he could live up to the standards my parents set for me and be explicit mm. about what those standards are. You know, self-sufficiency, generosity, gratitude, whatever it is. Get really clear about it. And then that's the goal. And then when you cancel that goal, that process, Michael Rice calls it, a gateway opens directly to, energetically, vibrationally connected to what it is you need to see. So when you get to that worksheet, don't say, well, this is no good. Just say, yeah, here's this idyllic, in a perfect world. I would like it if he could go back and be retrained this way or that way. Why am I doing that? Just because... I want to get really honest and really open and really clear about what my mind believes it's getting upset over. And then when I cancel that goal, I've set up a vibration that allows me to stir up and add energy to the very thing I most need to see to release, to heal here and move forward. I can feel this all boiling around. This is good. Well, and here's another one, because you, like you said, you've done a lot of worksheets, right? Mm. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you've I done have. a lot of worksheets. Yeah. I and have. What I... Would happen, and what would happen if you just kept doing worksheets and you kept getting more and more clean and clear 
and less irritated and more focused and more productive and more loving in every situation, what, how would that affect the primary relationships in your life today? No, be great. Or, pardon me? It would, it would be wonderful. Perhaps, but that's a good sentence completion for you to go at for a bit. Because the first thought is it'd be wonderful. But there's also the possibility that somewhere it may not be so wonderful. Like the idea of um, somebody who says, oh, you know, what would happen if you never had this problem again? And then you, you started to succeed at levels that have never been known in your family of origin. Like if you're the first person that's ever gone to college or the first person that's ever not been um, in jail or drug addicted or whatever, so what would it, what would happen if um, all of a sudden you got rid of the things that are blocking you from fabulous success and you realize, oh, I would be completely unknowable to my family of origin. Mm-hmm. I'd feel like complete disconnect from them at every level. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so, what if, yeah. so, so what if so what if Susan Bingham uh, just decided to do her work without any constraints, without any excuses, and she became a truly enlightened being. How would that affect her uh, family, her, you know, her grandkids, her husband, her whatever? It's just another way to start looking at it. I mean, what what might I be using to block me? As as valid reasons at the unconscious level to block me from doing either the mind shifter and actually sitting down and writing it out for an hour or two, or the worksheets and actually sitting down and writing them out. Mm. You will uncover that there is a set of really clear knowing, emotionally true knowings in you that make it so that, you know what, it's better for you to just skirt around doing the work rather than really do it at this level. And that will remain true until you see it clearly at its root. Mm -hmm. And then it will fall away as just ridiculous and silly, and you'll chuckle at it. So all of the... I've come to peaceful points at the ends of wake-up sheets on Michael... And but it wasn't done, and I thought it was. So there's more work to be done, a lot. I have some ideas about what it's going to lead to. I can feel them kind of roiling around in the bushes. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it before I can talk about it, though, I think. Well, and just understand that whatever they are, if they're negative, they're false. Well, that's good to be reminded of, because they are. Yes, bottom line observation, right? It's one of the bottom line observations. If I have a negative thought active in my mind or a negative emotion, a negative thought about myself or somebody else or a negative emotion active in my mind, I can instantly know three things. Number one, it's a liar based on a falsehood. Number two, this is an old tape playing. It's not about the present moment situation. Mm-hmm. Number three, if I sit and think, spinning in thought, speak or act from this negative emotion, I'm just going to make my life worse, not better. 
I can't possibly yeah. improve my life by acting from or actions that are driven by the negative emotions. It's like dumping garbage on the buffet table right before dinner. It does not enhance the dining experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can feel that I am my power person with Michael. Only I rein her in because I know better. But I am just as brutal as I could possibly be in my thoughts. And so, you know, the, one of the questions for you to be journaling about or, or to, to answer so that it would free something up so you can actually do the mind shifter is, so what am I concerned I'm going to lose or have to face if I stop being like my power person in this interaction? I'm it down. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, and you could just make that a sentence completion, right? You could just say, when I finally stop acting out my power person dynamic with Michael, dot, 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 and put that at the top of the page, right. and then... I can write it mm-hmm. and then let let your let your mind respond to it. Yeah. And then when you run dry, write it and let your mind respond to it. And That's when you start really when, when and and when, when most people do their their sentence completions like this when they start they say when I finally quit doing my power person dynamic, oh, it's going to open up the relationship and we can be at peace and things will go more productive. No. All of those uh-huh. answers, all of those answers are fine, right? But just keep going until you get to the ones that aren't so good, because we yeah. know there are dynamics and beliefs in there that that things are going to go horribly wrong if I do this. Otherwise, I would have done it already. Yeah. No, I can see that. I can feel that. And again, just be gentle with yourself. The fact that you haven't done it yet, the fact that you've been postponing it and pretending to do it by doing it in your head without writing it down, it just means there's a traumatized or fearful part of you that's holding on to a conclusion. Be gentle with that younger traumatized, fearful part. Be soft and gentle with yourself, whether it's your 8-year-old self or your 12-year-old self or your 5-year-old self or your 35-year-old self. And that is a far more reliable way to peace and productivity than beating up on yourself. Yeah. Again, at every turn, being gentle with yourself will probably be far more productive than any judgment. Remember what the way of mastery says about judgment. If you could understand what happens in your system when you judge, 
how even the very cellular structure of the body fails to function properly. If you could know yeah. that, you would never judge again. You would mm-hmm. never beat up on yourself again. Or anybody else. Yeah, well, it starts with you. I mean, the only reason, like, it's another bottom line observation. I'll never be upset with anything anybody else ever says or does or doesn't do that I think they should, unless I'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing. Like Michael Wright yeah. says, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm never upset with anybody mm-hmm. else. That is so amazing. Well, this is already bearing fruit. So, thanks for doing it. Well, thank you for being willing to do it because you're the one actually doing it. Even just bringing it up is part of doing it. Right? Even getting honest with yourself about how well uh, I'm doing all of these uh, worksheets and this journaling, but I'm just doing it in my head. Yeah. That's that's a willingness, you know, to say that out loud and to get feedback on that, which is going to be the thing that allows healing at whatever level it comes to you. Mm. So it's your willingness, it's your active participation that brings the results. So thank you. Dr. Tim, do you? I can't find that paper that you sent us, or somehow I got a hold of it, of the woman who lost her very early, her very young baby. And wrote yeah, the, about the, it. She, yeah, yeah. The the idea of you know joy in disguise. Yes, that I've I've made that available on the MindShiftersAcademy.org website. Oh, good. Okay, so, what's so, so the you name can of go it? there and get joy it. in disguise. Well, yeah. Well, okay. when you go to MindShiftersAcademy.org. Yeah. When that page loads up, and you go mm-hmm. to the. Um, however you need to find it, the Educational Library page. I remember that page, yeah. Good. Near the bottom of the page, it's the last thing that was added, is called Mm -hmm. Joy in Disguise by Erica Vega. And you can tap on that. You can either read it, download it, print it off, whatever. Yeah, I wanted to, I tried to find it among my piles of papers and couldn't. So I'll find it there again. Thanks. I wanted because I remember reading it and feeling as if she was something she said about how much she hated. And I thought, oh my God, and she sounds like such a good person, and yet she hates. Oh, what a relief. I can hate too. <laughs> I need to go all the way down there before I can come up, I think. Yeah, well, when you have an energy move through your system, it doesn't change your true nature. That's nice to know. Trusting that our true nature is love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she says um, in the last part of that, she said that um, moments after her daughter's birth, the labor room filled with an invisible presence. 
the spiritual yeah. presence, like my grief, was almost uncontainable. It pushed against the walls, pressuring them to expand. I could hear silence. Nothing moved, yet everything grew. That same experience was there for my mom's death, the entire home mm. expanding with a hovering chill. And twice I caught glimpses out of the corner of my eyes of my grandmother's who passed years ago. The ancestors had come to journey my mom home. What mm. for them was a celebration, for me was a sorrow just like mm. when Dakota made her descent earthside. The ancestors mm. came and carried me so I could carry my living family. I was the breadwinner, a bereaved mom, a dutiful daughter. Derek was still searching for a way to untangle the wiring that got crossed when he lost his job and then immediately lost his daughter. It took him 17 months to untangle it enough to get consistent work again. It was hard. It still is hard. On days when I don't want to get out of bed or struggle to brush my teeth or hate everyone, I have to remind myself, I get to. I get to have this day. I get to mm. brush my teeth. I get to hate everyone. Coda's heart may have stopped beating but mine has not I get to live I get to feel and experience and think I get to ride the pendulum of life from grief to gratitude the swinging of that pendulum that's it that right there count the swinging of the pendulum Count it all joy. Mm, that's so wonderful. And, and in this, where she says, and those days where I struggle to get out of bed, struggle to brush my teeth, when I hate everyone, it's just an energy moving through me. Mm. I get to witness that energy. I get to keep breathing. I get to experience all of life now that doesn't mean that i want to use that energy moving through me as an excuse to do rageful or destructive things to myself or somebody else it just means i've practiced enough to understand there's a lot more going on here than just this energy of depression or anger or hate in this moment and it is perfectly safe for me to keep my breath moving and experience this and have my life and appreciate my life and count it all joy. So part of what clearly has got you stuck is that you, th you still think there's some value in judging yourself negatively. And how do I how do I say that and know that so clearly without even asking you? Right? Isn't that a good question? Yeah. How do I how do I know that you still think there's value in judging yourself harshly? 
Isn't that a good question? How do I know that? I know that because you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And the only way for you mm-hmm. to stop doing it is to uncover the roots of why you believe it has value and see those roots as completely false. Because right now, some part of you sees those roots of believing that it's valuable to judge yourself harshly and thinks it's true. If I do it, then I've preempted somebody else doing it. (laughs) That might be one of the good ones. You might want to do some journaling and worksheets about that. Right. Just keep the breath moving and understand, as odd as it might seem, some part of you still believes there's value in judging yourself negatively, harshly and negatively. How tiresome. (laughs) There it is again. (laughs) But I can, I'm getting it, Dr. Tim. I, I hope I can hold on to what you've just said because I really understand it for at least I'm getting a sense of understanding why and the the fact that it isn't necessary. It isn't necessary. I'm still safe if I don't do it. Yep, yep, yep. That's, That's one thing. But the other thing is to explore what is the part of you that believes and has some valid reasons for believing what it believes and when you see those instead of just pouring the positive affirmations on top of it when you see the Mm -hmm. false negative as false that's when it loses its power well and you're well on your way because you're, you're you're demonstrating the willingness so congratulations and thank you for your time. I, I just looked at the clock and realized we've pretty much gone through our time. So any last comments you want to make? No, this is i got uh, a lot of work to do, but <clears throat> I can see my way to doing it. Thank you so much. That's good. Yeah. If, if, if I was in, in your position, I would probably be downloading um, the archives and listening again. Okay, I thought of that too. Right. I I use those replays on a consistent basis. So many blessings. Thank you so much for being willing mm-hmm. to share, and good luck with the uh, willingness to continue. I'll I'll mute you so you can listen to the second hour. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of this stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll turn on the microphone for and welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Tim. I appreciate you. You're very welcome and deserving. Have a wonderful show. Thank you. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of My Sisters Radio. And today is Monday, January the 8th, 
2024. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581 and press 1 and that puts you in the queue to talk to us. And we'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And we'll give Michael a moment to dial in. He actually, uh, we were in separate cars and I just got home about 15 minutes ago and he's I don't know if he's pulled in the driveway yet or not, so he'll probably dial in here in just a moment. And I'll just say, uh, you know, if you haven't read the email that we sent out about Podbean, Podbean, I keep wanting to put an M instead of an N, um, please read that. It's a step-by-step. It's really simple. It looks like a long email, but it's just step-by-step, even shows you the pictures. You do this, this is the screen you'll see. You do this, this is the screen you'll see. And walks you through how to get Podbean on your phone. And what will happen is, you know, uh, right now we don't plan on using it full time, but it is a backup so that if Blog Talk fails again like it did, you know, we missed 16 shows uh, because they were having issues. And uh, so this way... If for some reason it's not working one day, we will switch over to Podbean and continue with a live show. But if you've already got it loaded on your phone and you've already clicked that you're going to follow us, then if we, you know, maybe you haven't tried to dial in or whatever and we've had to switch, it will send you a notice and say, Mindshifters Radio on Podbean has gone live. And so then all you have to do is and you're connected to us. You don't have to dial a number or call in. You don't have to use cell minutes as long as you're connected to a Wi-Fi um, or have a cell signal that allows you Wi-Fi. But anyway, it's a second way. But if you go ahead and have it loaded, then if we want to have to switch over and do that, then you're already set up and ready to go, and you don't have to go, oh, no, I've got to download it, and, and then go through all of that and miss half the show. This way you'll already be set up totally free, and so it's just a second way so that we don't run into losing shows again, that we can continue to be here as live support for you. So please uh, you know, go to that email, or you can go to the notes for the radio show. I've included the link in the notes. Um, that You can also go to our website and pick it up. So there's several ways that you can find that information. If you're not on their mailing list, please Get on their mailing list so that you don't miss this kind of information. And um, we'll keep you up to date on what all is going on. So we hope that you go ahead and do that. And uh, working on attempting to get some of our, at least the MP3s, the important shows, and they're all important, but I mean the ones that we've pulled out as separate special shows where we've walked people through um, doing worksheets or whatever. I have to actually convert them, though, from being just audio into being a video, which means I have to find a picture to attach to the audio and turn it into an MP4 to upload it to YouTube. So I'm going to get at least those up there so that, you know, they're preserved if anything was to happen. You know, cancel the thought. You know, hopefully Blog Talk's got all their issues worked out and this will be no problem. We are backing up every show onto a hard drive. Uh, so they're, they'll never be lost. They're just always out there. But it will take some work then to change all the links so that you have immediate access. You want to listen to an archive show. 
So I hold the space that all of that continues to run smoothly. And um, um, if you have a question or a comment, or there's something that we can do to support you, press 1. Dial into the show and press 1 and tell us what you need to ask your questions, make your comments. Um, even if it's, you know, that you disagree with something that we said, that's awesome. And, you know, we always say, you know, don't believe the thing that we say, but put the tools to work in your life and you'll see that they work. Uh, it's pretty awesome, you know, if you, if you just, you can share the work daily. You don't have to, you know, quote unquote, preach to someone or, or do a workshop or whatever. You know, I've been going to physical therapy for several months, um, where I fell down Airfront Hill, and it's going great. And actually, I got a text this morning from one of the therapists, and I haven't really said a whole lot to him. You know, it's been, you know, when he's working on me or whatever, and, and uh, you know, working on my shoulder, and I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, I fell down the hill and I jerked my shoulder back. But, you know, what is it that, you know, am I carrying some weight that I need to let go of? You know, uh, the weight of the world on your shoulder. Um, if you're, you know, my hip, you know, okay, what is it about moving forward or, you know, what is it I can't stand? You know, so look at all of those things. It's, I often refer to Louise Haig because she has a book, Heal Your Body, and those are things that she talks about is that, you know, whatever it is mentally, emotionally, it manifests physically. And so, yeah, you can do things like, you know, go to physical therapy or, you know, take an aspirin or whatever, but... The underlying cause is always, you know, all right, what are you thinking? Because our, our mind, our heart, our spirit, they're all connected. They all interplay, and what impacts one impacts the other. And so, you know, looking at, you know, what is it that I need to work on here? And so I kind of talked about that with the therapist as he was working on me, you know, and like, okay, you know, so I need to look at what is it that I can't stand or am I, you know, do I hold fear about moving forward or do I feel like I'm carrying too much weight on my own shoulders? What is it I need to let go of? And it was, uh, Michael had mentioned yesterday, he said, you know, I, even though I've come a long way and I'm like 99% better, but it, there's still a little bit there. And he said, well, you know, have you asked Greta to show you what it is that you need to let go of? And I said, yeah, I've, I've asked, but, you know, I haven't gotten an answer. And so he said, you know, well, Rilke always answers. He said, you know, you just got to listen. Well, I had a dream last night, and it was that, you know, I was in this boat, but it was a small boat, like a canoe or a kayak, but it was made out of wood. And I was at, in this calm water, but right near me was like this waterfall. And, of course, at the bottom of the waterfall, the water's rough and, you know, bouncy and everything where the water's hitting. And I was, like, in this boat, and I was trying to determine if I thought that I could go over that waterfall safely and easily. And, you know, I was, I was working on making up my mind on whether to go over or not when my boat starts leaking. And it's like, okay, if I can scoot back further in the boat, you know, maybe it'll lift the nose of the boat up where it's leaking and I could stand the water a little bit longer, but the back seat was missing and so I couldn't move anywhere. I was just there. And so anyway, Michael said, well, water represents, you know, the spiritual aspect 
And so, you know, it's going to seep through. You know, your unconscious is going to seep through, just like that water was seeping into my boat. And it's just a matter of listening for the answer. And, you know, what is it that's seeping through that you need to pay attention to? So all of that was pretty interesting, and that's what I've been looking at and working on. But anyway, to get back to, uh, you know, I had mentioned to the therapist, you know, about looking at those areas. And so this has been, you know, several weeks going on, and he's said today, he texted me, and he's like, I would like to have a session with you. He said, you've got really nice healing energy, and he says, I'm going through some things. And so I would, you know, like to set up a session and see where we go from there. So, you know, you can do that. You can, you know, just be talking in general. Like I was talking about myself. You know, sometimes if you go to someone and, and you know, they're having an issue and you start pointing out, well, perhaps this is wrong or perhaps that's wrong, sometimes they'll put up a defense. They'll put up a wall and you don't get any further with them because, you know, they're ready to defend their stance. And so sometimes I tell people, you know, well, if whoever the object of your attention is, whoever's your trigger, if you can get them just to sit beside of you and hold the space while you do a worksheet on your issue, even if it's about them, you know, you don't necessarily have to say, I'm going to do this worksheet about you. But they get it, you know, and like I, when I was talking about the work and looking at issues, I was actually talking about myself. You know, I didn't point out anything to him, but it was like it opened the door and he felt safe enough. Then it's like, okay, I want to, you know, see what this is about and see if this can help me. So, you know, you can be a, a witness in your everyday life without actually, you know, trying to go down somebody's throat with what you believe. And like I said, we always tell people, you know, don't believe a thing we say, but put the tools to work in your life. They work. And while I'm still talking here, I am going to send Michael a text and say, are you okay? But anyway, if you have a comment about what I just said or a question or anything, I'm open to talking with you. So press 1 if you're on on the switchboard. If you're on another station where I can't see you, 563 999, excuse me, 3581, I swallowed wrong, excuse me, so, and he just walked in the door, so he'll be with us here in a second, all right, I'll talk just another minute or two and give him a moment to dial in, so, Press one, talk to me. Don't need to do a monologue here. Several people on the switchboard. You know, we're missing for day 16 shows. And so the downfall of that is that I think we have lost some of our listening audience. I don't know if people tried to call in day after day and couldn't get in, so now they're like, I'm not going to try. So hopefully they'll all come back. If you know of someone, you know, you might uh, give them a shout and say, hey, dial in. 541, you are in the air. Who do I have? Belinda. Hi, lady. How are you? Hi. 
Hi, lady. I just wanted to tell you, I am good, uh, that uh, I loved your monologue, so keep them going. Michael, <laughs> thank you. You got a good woman there. <laughs> well, he's not on yet, so you'll have oh, to repeat that once he dials in. <laughs> okay, great. No, I, between uh, uh, Dr. Tim and Susan and what you shared this morning, it's, uh, I would love to have this archived. I think that is a great show awesome. as a, one of the special shows, yeah. Yeah. I was. Okay. Um, I really got a, a sense about... I've been thinking a lot about control, you know, why we have the goals we have and what's the difference between power and control. And uh, so it's all been um, really, really good. I really appreciate Michael um, reminding me that listen is my word because I didn't even see it. And to receive both of those are difficult. I tend to be a matcher. <laughs> um, I feel obligated, you know, and I'm realizing just to receive. And the other thing I've realized is the the law of giving and receiving. I'm noticing how in all the aspects that I'm paying attention to, giving always precedes receiving, just like the exhale drives the inhale. Um this life just gives because right. that's what Yeshua was talking about when he said uh, give without measure, you know, when somebody right. comes to you to buy something, put all down really hard and, and give them more than their pound. You know, right. just, uh, it's, it's so sweet. And control, you know, control is always a dead end street and it's always about survival and um, I'm just realizing that's unnecessary because true power always empowers self and other. And, um, there are a couple so of things popped in my mind as you were talking there. And, uh, oh, good. you know, the first, first being like uh, as far as control, you know, for, for me, now this may not be for everybody out there listening, but it's, it's connected to as I was growing up and especially when, you know, I got into an early marriage and it was abusive. It's like because it was unsafe, I felt a need to control my environment to not be physically hurt. And so so it like taps in and you do it for so long then even things that are not threatening you know, if you get to the point where you feel like you're you don't have control, then it's like this automatic, you know, it's the file folder effect. And it's like, oh, in the past when I didn't have control over the situation, then I got hurt. And being able to trust, I think that's goes hand in hand with the control issue is being able to trust, you know, things are different. This isn't that situation this person is not that person and it's safe to trust and to let things be with the flow instead of trying to control it all and to see that you know as long as we're holding on to i've got to control it you know i've got to stay safe you know what is it of course the miracle says in my defenselessness my safety lies my strength and my safety lies and so you know when we can 
let go of that need to control and handle it and everything, then we let go, we're more in that defenselessness and in that trust. And then there's not the need for control because the flow just happens and it's awesome. And when you were talking about the giving and receiving, one of the things that popped in my mind, there was a, um, a little story, you know, a made-up story, somebody going into heaven and when they meet God or Yeshua, you know, and it's like all these gifts are piled up over in the corner, not wrapped, you know, not unwrapped. And the person that goes into heaven's like, you know, well, what are all these? And God says, those are the gifts that I had for all of my children and they wouldn't receive. Mm. You know, he he has a lot for us, but we block the receptivity and it's like, oh, no, I'm not worthy of that, or, oh, no, that can't happen for me, or, oh, no. You know, and we block our own gifts that are there to be offered to us. And uh, just, you know, you have to to be receptive, to receive. You know, we always pray, you know, God bless me with this and bless me with that. And, but yet then if we're, you know, like, oh, no, it can't happen to me, we block it. And then it's like, why didn't he answer my prayer? It's like the little story of the guy that, you know, he lived in a flooded area, and they said there was a flood coming. And he's like, but I pray to God, God's going to save me. And a guy comes by in a little rowboat and says, hop in, you know, the flood's coming. And he's like, no, no, I'm okay. You know, God will take care of me. And then this is flood waters rise, you know, and he has to end up moving to the roof of his house. And a helicopter comes by, and they're like, here, the lower the ladder, get on, you know. No, no, God will take care of me. Well, when he drowns and he's up in heaven, he's like, I believed in you. I thought you would save me. He says, why didn't you save me? And God says, I sent you a rowboat and I sent you a helicopter. What more do you want? <laughs> you know, so sometimes, you know, our, our gifts might be in a, a hidden, different form than what we're looking for. But And then one other thought, and then I'm going to turn it over to Michael. I'm on, I'm on a roll here. Sorry about that. Oh, I, no, I'm I, not. Yeah, you're on, you're on a wonderful <laughs> roll, and I have a Go for it, honey. Of, Keep going. Uh, yeah, I have a little to add to that, too. I, I love okay. that in the reflections of what you're saying. Okay. Well, one other part. This morning when I was going to physical therapy, and I was actually running a little bit behind, and uh, I got there, and I was waiting on the elevator to come down, and this little lady comes up, and she goes, where is Dr. Walker's office? And I said, well, I don't know who Dr. Walker is. And she had a little paper in her hand, and I, I looked at it, and all it said was Walker. It didn't have any other information. I said, you don't have a phone number? And she says, no. And so I tried to do a Google search on my phone for Dr. Walker, and I said, well, you know, what are what are you having done? And she goes, I don't know what they're going to do to me. And, I mean, you know, she's an older woman, and, and I thought, well, who just dropped this poor soul off, you know? I said, are you even at the right address? And a woman came in with a baby, and she says, well, maybe she knows who Dr. Walker is. And the woman with the baby, she says, oh, um, I think that's the OBGYN upstairs. Well, my first thought was, why would this older woman want an OBGYN? You know? (laughs) And and I said, well, come on, get on the elevator with me. We'll go upstairs. You know, and I'm already running late, but, um, you know, I felt such compassion for her that you know she didn't even know who she was going to see or what they were going to do or whatever so once we got on the elevator and it was just she and I then I asked her I said you know well what are your issues I said you know you may not know what they're going to do to you but what are your issues and she put her hand down like where her womb would be and she says well it's down here 
And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, maybe you do need the OBGYN. You know, <laughs> so we get off the elevator and I take her to the office there and then I go back over to physical therapy. But it was like, and so I told when I got into the physical therapy office, I was like, you know, my apologies, I'm late. I said, I was just trying to help a lost soul out here. And she said, well, you've done your kind deed for the day, you know, and they were okay with it that I was late. But anyway, go ahead, you add to it. Well, it's just what you said. I mean, you, you, you touched on every one of my primary issues, which are trust, safety, and control. And, um, yeah, those are my issues. And also the issue of perfectionism. My goodness, how much pressure I have put on my life all these years because of trust, uh, lack of trust. And I, um, like Dr. Tim said today, um, there were very valid reasons why I developed a lack of trust. And the the, uh, control and uh, safety, you know, safety and then control would be the third one. And then perfectionism, because I have come to a tentative realization or a realization, I don't know if it's true or not, that this earth dimension has not involved with perfection. That is uh, a false perception (laughs) that the perfection of this universe is process. It's not even progress for me because progress is part of judgment. Oh, I should be here. Oh, this person should be there. So I've, I'm, I'm learning not to should so much, and and just let allow allow my uh, as I allow, I open up and I can actually laugh when I get into a situation like the Whiffle Bird situation I got with you, Michael, <laughs> and and I actually laugh in my time. My time is shortening between when I realize that I'm not seeing things the way they are and just going, oh, it's like the relaxation is amazing. So I wanted to share that with you. And also when you were talking That's about... That's a sign you're making the- progress. <laughs> That's a sign you're uh, making progress when you shorten the time uh, between... Uh, <laughs> Working out of artificial intelligence, automatic responses, yeah. and working out of original yeah. intelligence. As, that, as you do your work, that time will shorten, 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 shorten until it disappears. And you just you know what, out of Michael? original intelligence. You know what, Michael? I just realized I got into either or again. And when you said you're making progress, I think, wonderful, Michael. Now I can have progress and process at the same time. Isn't that sweet? Absolutely. And and also, the last thing I wanted to share with Jeannie is that um, control. You know, like, if I'm not safe, like Jeannie, you mentioned, if I'm not safe and I, per- I begin perceiving everything as a loss of safety, isn't that similar to the slightest irritation is um, a, a reflection of the deepest rage? Yeah. I mean, it's to me, I see similarities between there too. The slightest situation that triggers when I, where, I'm, where I'm already triggered in safety, all of a sudden my mind sees it as monstrous or as 
oh my god that's part of perfectionism too oh my god i better take i better nip this in the bud right now <laughs> that's all i'm complete thank you so much both <laughs> thank of you. you oh and by the way the wiffle bird in case you don't know what that is julie andrews wrote under her married name a series of children books and one was the last of the really great wang doodles and the Whipple bird is in that book. That might be something to look up for for Aria. I thought it was a great book. I read it to when I was in my fifties and thoroughly enjoyed it. So I share that with you. Cool. And I am complete. So Linda, I don't know if you were with us on the show the other day when we shared that we were able to breathe Ryan and Gabby and Aria at the same time. Yes. Were you on I, I when we talked about all that? Of that? Oh, that was uh, sweet. Yeah. yeah, it was. And we have her. Ari's going to be here Friday. She leaves school early. So we're going to ask her to breathe us on Friday. <gasps> oh, which I, I know she's just going to be so about excited that. about. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll share it, but that's going to be our request on Friday. Oh, cool beans. Go, go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So, again, our caller number is 563-999-3581, and press 1. Welcome, Michael. I didn't mean to put Well, thank you, dear heart, show, and welcome, everybody. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounded like you had a, a, a good conversation and things were rocking. I was out uh, collecting nutrition from uh, from the local places that generally throw it in the garbage and uh, for our soil building project here on, uh, on the... Uh, James and Alice Morris uh, Homegrown National Park. We were up to 5,000 square feet. I was out collecting the uh, the rotted wood from an old tree that I came across and putting it in our garden. So that was my project today. And uh, you know, I'm realizing more and more. You know, we had the conversation the other day about AI, and you know, everything as I was listening to you both, we could put that whole conversation in the uh, in the category of AI or original intelligence. And one of the thoughts that comes is, came was, you know, when Yeshua said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, what in our modern language today, computer language, we could have, would have said would be, seek ye first your original intelligence, rather than being lost in the automatic decision system of the mind, AI. <laughs> and it's time for us to get out of it. And, uh, you know, it it's, it's synthesizes reality so precisely that we can get lost in believing that what our mind is showing us is actually out there. And it's not. It's a generational reflection of what we have been taught. And, you know, one of the things you have to do with AI when you start to do a project is you have to teach it. You have to give it the database and say, here, learn this. This is what we're going to do with this. And then you have to learn an, another uh, skill. Uh, I was been you know doing a lot of listening, a lot of reading about it, and uh, they're saying that the most important skill you can have in AI is being a prompt engineer. In other words, telling AI what you want it to do, just like with your mind. How often have we said, watch your words, 
because your words are what instruct your mind how to create what's going to happen in your life. So become a prompt engineer in your own life with your own AI system. And remember that if you tell it that, well, I don't ever want anybody to attack me like that again, then all that AI hears in you is find somebody to attack me like that again, and bingo, somebody's going to show up. And if somebody doesn't show up, then AI will set up a misperception so that you'll think you've been attacked and the game will go on. So this whole thing we've been speaking about for years about language, you know, Yeshua says the power of life and death is in our words. When you start correcting your language, you're becoming a prompt engineer for your own mind in AI language. And, you know, recognizing that it's, it's really a misnomer to call it artificial intelligence. There is no intelligence in artificial intelligence. All there is is a massive, 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 massive database that works really fast and responds to whatever you ask it. That's not intelligence. That's a reactive process. And this carbon-based memory, this body-mind system is exactly the same. It's a massive, multi-generational database. And if you ask it for something that's in it, then it's going to show it to you. There's no intelligence in that. It's just a, an automatic decision system. And that's what AI is, is a massive database that responds with its automatic decision system. And so recognizing that when the responses are so emotionally traumatic, and I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about their body being tight and they had to let go. And so I suggested, well, why don't you ask Ruka to tell you what you need to let go of? And the response was, oh, I've asked. But there just hasn't been an answer yet. And my response was, yeah, there's been an answer. You just haven't listened yet. You ask, actually, that answer's always going to be I, <laughs> Go ahead. Sweetie. I actually <laughs> shared that that was me, and then I shared about oh. my dream. So. <laughs> the boat leaking water. Yes, spirit's going to come up one way or the other. And so learning to listen is, is an important key and, and to uh, – to recognize that underlying the artificial intelligence in us is a power that we can enlist to bring that on board with our original intelligence. And that was called in Aramaic, Ruka Tukudja. The Greeks translates the Holy Spirit. Of course, the Miracles talks about it as the Holy Spirit, but it's nothing to do with a disembodied spirit being. It is this feminine elemental force that does two things. It undoes the effects of our ears and teaches us the truth. When we become receptive to its prompting and when we learn to ask it questions or give it commands that are based in our original intelligence, then it responds to match that intelligence because it has literally access to every bit of data in the universe. Right now, there are you know, many companies that are competing. The Chinese are saying, we're going to be dominant in AI in 10 years. And Google is saying, we have, you know, we've absorbed all of the knowledge of the world, and we have the, the best. And you know, everybody's competing to play that game. And the truth is, in the universal scheme of things, we all have a line into that massive database, and we all are from 
the original intelligence and designed to work with from that original intelligence. I was speaking to a man this morning who's who's a neighbor and uh, talking about his, his education. He was a professor, was about children, and I was talking about AI and, and original intelligence. And the word educate, educari, doesn't mean to put in. Educari means to draw out, to draw out the original intelligence. Indoctrination is a system of putting things in that are designed to block original intelligence rather than entertain, inspire, bring forward original intelligence. And if you go back, there's a there's an interesting, you can Google it, I don't have it in front of me, but there's an interesting statement that was made by the first director of the, I believe it was the American Education Board, was put up by the Rockefellers. And there was a gentleman who was a minister named Gates. And look up Gates's letter. He wrote about what his job was, what he'd been assigned to do. And basically what he said is, and some of this is a quote, it's not exact, but it's pretty close. What he said is, our job will not be to inspire people to become men and women of learning and professors. And our job will be to make those who are living down on the farm, doing their jobs, happy and better at staying down on the farm and doing their jobs. I think that's what's led 14 of the 15 states in America with the worst record for infant mortality, for maternal mortality, for health care, for health care deserts, for food deserts, for child poverty. 14 of the 15 states that are doing that say they're pro-life. And yet the maternal mortality statistics, the infant mortality, are dismal, just dismal. And I know a school teacher who lives in the one state of the 15 that isn't a red state. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about what's going on in our culture. And I called her because she worked in that state, and, and it was on that list. It was like number five or six on that list of 15 states. And I, I called because she was a school teacher there and very acquainted with children. It's like, what's going on? I don't understand why that state is such an anomaly. It's New Mexico. She said, oh, I can tell you. She said the population centers are so far apart. And, you know, when she was there, she said the state was had just passed a million people. She was a school teacher there several years ago. Had just passed a million people in the whole state of New Mexico. And the population centers are so spread out that they don't have the wealth or the population to support things like actual health care and things like actual grocery stores and food and you know so it, they're all issues that we ultimately need to resolve and we need to come together to resolve these so that this awesome commonwealth and rather than think of the commonwealth as a country the commonwealth of virginia think of the commonwealth as that wealth which we all share together in this country 
You notice there's some people who want to take the commonwealth out of the ground with billions of dollars and hand it to a certain group of people who will pay them good money for sequestering that wealth away from the commonwealth and giving it to those corporations. And, you know, there are issues that we just really need to look at and really need to deal with in that arena and work toward really truly connecting each person in our world with their original intelligence, which is what we're all designed to work out of. And a big part of being able to connect to that is knowing how to forgive, that is remove, the noise from the AI part of ourselves the emotional traumas, the unresolved energetic patterns that scream so loudly that they demand, the automatic decision system demands that we become controllers, demands that we fight, demands that we kill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's time to turn that around. I, I responded to somebody's Facebook post yesterday who posted, you know, that how every family system has to have basically a bully. This was a young man I know personally who had a, well, one of his dastardly memories was when he, his father bought him a, a gun and they went to the city where his former wife lived, this young man's mother, to kill her. That was what happened to this kid when he was about 14. Didn't do it, fortunately, but that's what they were there for. But he posted, and this young man now is in his 50s, and he posted how, well, every family needs a, you know, a protector, someone who will rear up and fight and destroy anybody that would threaten the family system. And I wrote back and said, well, actually, what every family needs is someone who knows how to function as love and who's been through that fight game and realizes that, if they don't heal that in themselves, then sooner or later it's going to turn around and it's going to destroy their family, which is exactly what happened with his parents and his family system. So what he, and, and he was very receptive. He posted back, thank you. This is my, my response was, no, we need someone who's got that bully, who's got that fight, who's got that rage, who's got that hatred, who's got that vengeance, that's willing to heal it instead of leave it intact to be passed on to future generations and destroy the next generation through that automatic decision system, but will face it and heal it and step into their original intelligence as love and bring that into the world fully. And that, in essence, is what this work is about. And so I hope that fits and makes sense for everybody. And we're at about the 20-minute two points. So we've got about 22 or 23 minutes left. If you're out there in up. listener land, oh, let's say hello. Awesome. Great. All right. 336, you're on the air. I think this is Carrie. Hello. Well, hey there, young man. Welcome. How are you? I'm rocking. How about you? How do you be? I'm I'm having so much fun. What are you uh, having cool. fun with, Terry? What's happening? <laughs> the, AI, the AI dialogue and the immensity and the size of it and all the stuff that's going on and the potentialities what is going to be happening here on this little playground we call Earth. You know, before we come come and play out all these dramas, right? And uh, 
live this life. But one of the things is really it's really easy to to slide over into the side of the righteous defender, which is uh, you know and, uh, looking at some of these uh, uh, situations and and then I I want to remember and remind myself like I was t- talking with you the other day. It's all chapter 24, the has-been. <laughs> I love that. All this is this one big conglomeration of uh, of the mind energy that uh, is, and it's all available now, becoming more and more available, and um, there's going to be a lot of disruption of systems and all that kind of stuff. And the key for me is no matter what, I've just printed out a nice poster hang up in my shop. There is no peace in fear. You know, and there is no future I, I like in the past. There's <laughs> no future in the past. That's what's going. And uh, I mean, it's so much fun, exciting to think about it. And really, um, the David and Goliath stories that are are coming together and how the whole uh, health care system is going to be booted out, you know, on its, on its rear end. And, uh, and the same with the educational system that's turned into these big money-sucking machines, you know. That's my opinion, okay. And uh, there was a, the one guy on the show was talking about how he had the ability to tap in and use the AR AI resources. He's a computer scientist and was able to also, he had a lot of money to access some really um, uh, fine doctors, you know, top physicians, and were able to microdose his son who had autism and hadn't spoken. And since he was born, he was like 12 years old and he started talking because they could take that information and figure out what was going on with the uh, uh, chemical right. uh, composition of, of his brain. And it's like, whoa. And he said, and that, my friend, will be available to everyone, not just me, the special people with the, the money and the abilities. But since this information is, is ramping up, that's the potential here. It's universal health care, uh, basic income for everyone. It's, it's possible. I can see it. It's, it's a really exactly beautiful potential horizon. And if, you know, you can't tap in to love like you're talking about, it's worthless, you know, because you'll still be stuck in that whole battle. And the battleground is in my mind. You know, that's where the battleground is. It's the only place that I can experience a lack of peace and love is through my own fears and the has-been and all that trash that's floating around out there. And so with the tools that you've got, that you've developed, you don't have to live like that. You can live in peace. And the peace is internal. That's where people get confused. Or as I'm concerned, this is all my opinion. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars and all that stuff probably here forever. I don't know. It always kind of has been. However, 
what's going on with me? You know, I'm the common denominator. Well, uh, you remember that, Michael? <laughs> of course you do. You 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 coined that the common denominator. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, it's so much fun. And I know that you're developing some stuff and working with some things. And I sent you a few little pieces that I had worked with just over the last, you know, few hours, really, about some of the potentials. That was just raw, gritty, quick potential stuff that I was able to assemble. And that um, is the new frontier. So let me stop for a minute. I want to hear you say something. Well, I'm with you. It is the new frontier. It's exciting, and uh, the fact that we can take basically, you know, virtually all of the knowledge in the world and have access to it in a millisecond through this technology is pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and as you say, any, anybody can have it. And and one of the things, there's a great warning in the Course in Miracles that says, and I'm, at least I'm thinking it came from A Course in Miracles. I'm not 100% sure, but the tools you use to produce a result always produce a result like the tools. And when you can teach mm, your own AI yeah. device that, then it goes into its hostility game, You're thinking, oh, see, I can mm. win by killing somebody else. It's like, okay, so notice that that, that tool is going to produce a result in your life. You know, the old way it was said was, as you sow, you reap, that you're not going to like and if you want to leech it on someone else, like it's it. going to get the end result. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So it's all coming right. back. So it's, it's, so. But this technology that, uh, that Yeshua... Go ahead. One of the fellows said that AI, they, they're they calculating it. I don't know how they came up with this. But, uh, the, the, the IQ of AI was at 155 now, the collective IQ. And then Einstein was 160. So they're fastly approaching what was the most intelligent human capabilities that that we know of, one of the most brilliant minds, you know. Right. Well, one of the one of the quotes that soon will exceed that. Right. Well, one of them was that we'll mm-hmm. soon be at the point where AI will have more intelligence, not that it's real intelligence, than all of the human minds on the earth. Yes, and that's going to be a uh, a horse that we can all ride. A horse that we can all ride. Yeah, I like that. Everybody can will have access to it if if they choose to. Now, of course, there'll be people who will resist and go the way of the dodo bird. But I think that it's uh, ah. it, it's got the potential for an awesome, bright future for everyone. It does. Including the eradication of war. That potential is there. So I join you in becoming a prompt engineer for our own human minds and for AI and uh, moving forward to this space where there is the realization in humanity that there is enough abundance for everybody to have it all. Yes, and, and one key piece that for me that was crystal clear in the last few weeks is that the therapeutic value of one human interacting with another is without parallel. That will never be replaced. There's no no way. I'm to with you on that. 
Mm-hmm. Original intelligence meeting original intelligence. Inspiring it. And we get enough people, we get a critical mass, then that little bit of leavening will leaven the whole loaf of humanity. And, and then we really start to see what human life is really capable of and what it's really about. Exciting. So it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I wanted to jump in. I've got to step off for a moment. I'm pulling up to the job site. But I just was heard you. I tuned in and heard your discussion and wanted to, to jump in for a minute and just share some of the excitement I'm feeling. Cool. Awesome, my friend. We appreciate you. You have a blessed one. And, and come okay, on back if, you're, if your job site's all set. All right. Take care. Blessings. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> all right. So our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you, 563-999-3581. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. If you push one, we'll be having a conversation. How can we support you? What's on your mind? And to be leaving here, there's a young man who uh, who started doing this work, actually someone that Terry introduced. In fact, um, the last time we spoke to him, he he sent me a picture of his stack of 1,800 completed worksheets in just the last few months. And uh, he's actually on his way here as we speak, or actually he might already be here in Bristol. And I'm heading over to the hotel to do a private still point session with him. I've done several still point sessions with him over Zoom, and he decided it was worth driving to do one-on-one uh, personal session. So looking forward to that. If you happen to be listening, I'll see you in about 45 minutes. And beyond that, if you're out there in listener land, what's on your mind? How can we support you? What's exciting in your world? We are going to begin on the 15th of, uh, of the month to work with the Enlightenment book. We're going to start right from page one and move through it and really do a deep dive into the Aramaic language, the Aramaic thought system, and the Aramaic tools. We'll probably get into some of the laws of living material and such. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where it's going to go yet, but that's going to start on the 15th. And that uh, the Enlightenment book is a book that we publish on what we've gleaned so far. Excuse me. so far from the Gabor's manuscript, a copy of the oldest known New Testament in its original Aramaic language. And something I've been working with for the last, I'm not even sure exactly, 43 or 44 years. And uh, so we'll be doing that Enlightenment book. If you uh, would like to have the book to follow along, it is in our catalog on our website. And it sells for $25 plus $9 shipping. That's what the shipping is these days. Post office has gone a little crazy. And uh, if you're interested in getting the book so that you can be part of the study or you can take your own study to another level, you can order the book not by going to our catalog because the catalog automatically adds that shipping. That's an automated thing that we have no control over. However, 
if you just go to our website and go down to the bottom of the page and look at the donate button and click it, if you do a donation of the $25 cost plus $1.26, we'll pay the shipping and we'll get it out to you. The only thing we'll ask is when you make that donation, just make a note so we know what it's for and give us your name and your mailing address, and that is for the Enlightenment book. And we'll get that out to you, and uh, hopefully it would get there in time for you to uh, have it right from day one as we go into that study. So that's one of the things that's coming up. I'm looking forward to uh, going on on another level into that Enlightenment book. It's something that I've worked with for several decades now, and... uh, Looking forward to a deep dive and the questions and thoughts and directions that it goes with your original intelligence coming in and sharing with us what your questioning process is, what your healing process is, what your insight is. So I'm excited about what we're going to be doing with that. I'm delighted that that's going to be happening starting in well, just a week or so now. 15th of January, 2024. So we've got about seven minutes left. If you're out there in this land, say hello. Push one. What's on your mind? How can we support you? 563-999-3581. Any other thoughts for you, Eugene? Just that the 15th is next Monday, so that's a week from today. Yes. I'm excited. I've been working on preparing how we're going to approach that. It's going to be a whole new thing to present that through the radio show, so looking forward to how that goes. It looks like Blog Talk has resolved its problems. You were able to get in easy today, and all things are working well. Yep. Cool. Well, that's nice. Maybe to they've got it. To, yeah, to go ahead, though, and have the pod being loaded and set up that you're following, and that way if something happens and we have to switch over, you'll immediately get a notice that Podbean is live the Mindshifters Radio, and you'll know that we're on over there instead of Blog Talk. So, you know, go ahead and have it set up ahead of time instead of waiting until, oh, no, Blog Talk's not working, and then have to go through the setup process. So go ahead and do that. So go to your app store and type in pod, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, correct? That's correct. Download the app. And they can also follow the notes that I put in, um, I sent out an email. It's also in our newsletter list. It's in the radio show notes. So there's several places where if you're not on the mailing list that you can get that information. And it's step-by-step how to set it up. Cool. Sweet. So if you're out there in listener land, what's on your mind? Push one. Let's have a conversation. We've just got about six minutes left. And it would be nice to have one more conversation before we complete today's show. How can we support you? We could just do six minutes of silence, do a meditation together. Nah, it doesn't work very well on a radio show. So what's on your mind? You got a topic for us to take five minutes to talk about? 
If not, then I'll probably step into talking about forgiveness and the power of this tool to collapse the artificial intelligence within us and make room for original intelligence to show up within our own minds. Most human beings, I I forget who it was that said, this goes back years ago that I heard this quote, and it's always stuck in my mind, although, as I say, I'm not sure who said it, but they said 100 million million people live and die every century and never even know they've lived. In other words, they're living out of this automatic decision system, out of what is quite literally artificial intelligence. And the objective of life is to wake up beyond that, not to just live in that multi-generational database that seems to think, that seems to be original, that seems to come up with things of its own, but are just rehashes and reorganizations of old energetic dynamics that have been structured into our, our genes for generations and generations and generations. Now, that story of the the uh, Jews wandering in the desert is not a story about a, a hot, sandy place. It's a story about people lost in their own unconscious minds, literally lost in artificial intelligence, what appears to be intelligence that isn't intelligence at all. So we'll be integrating more and more of that into the conversation, I'm sure, as the days unfold. It's kind of a, a new direction for me that I've been looking into and working with and it's it's already yielding several gifts for me anyway i hope some of those things benefit you as well so what is on your mind how can we support you we're down to two minutes no hands are up Two minutes. Well, let's just join together and take a couple of deep breaths. And as you take a deep breath, allow yourself to feel into your own physiology. To just notice the state of relaxation or the state of excitation that your physiology is in. Notice whether or not there are any tensions anywhere in your form. Breathe into those tensions, let them soften and let them go. Notice if there's any tension in your jaw, your calf muscles. your shoulders or your neck. If there is, then take your breath to those areas where there's tension. Let everything soften and just let it go. Aria last, about two weeks ago, came up with a joke for us. And the question she asked was, why don't you give Elsa from the movie Frozen a balloon? And her answer was, 
because she'll just let it go, let it go. <laughs> I love the sense of humor this little one is developing. It's pretty awesome, pretty sweet. So we're down to the last few seconds. I'm going to just say thank you for joining us, and uh, I look forward to moving into the study of the Aramaic um, text or the uh, what we've published so far from the Kavoros Manuscript in the Enlightenment book and uh, hold the space for you to have the best year yet of your eternal life and knowing that it's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye.